So let's go ahead and just jump right into what I believe God has for us this morning. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for each person that you have brought here today. And I thank you that you know you're right there with each one of us in everything that we're going through. And, and Lord, I just pray that you're sitting right there among us and all of our baggage. And, and we invite you to just speak to us in our hearts, Lord. And I pray that you would just make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer that's going to write your word on the hearts of these precious people that chose to take time out of their busy lives to come and put you first this morning and, and come to the house of God and uh, and, and Lord, I just pray that, that they would not leave disappointed this morning, that, that all of us will leave changed from being in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you know, like I told you, we've just been in Boston on a trip. And so I wanted to kind of uh, just share with you a couple pictures from our trip. When we got to the Mobile Airport uh, headed out of town, you guessed it, I overpacked and I had a little bit too much in my bag. So this is a picture of my husband. You see how happy he was with me? He's going to really get me for that. But he gets to talk about me when he's up here all the time. So I get to show y'all. I was going to do the picture. It was him turned over like this with my bag opened. But I didn't. I thought he would probably rather that one than, than the other picture. But he had to take five pounds out of my bag and put it into his bag. And he's real particular about his fancy schmancy luggage. He does not like to overstuff it. So he was really um, disappointed with me that I had overpacked. I had too much baggage. So I'm here to tell you, I, I know what it's like to have too much baggage. But then look at the next picture. This was yesterday. He texted me this. He said, say hello to the newest member of the Cooley Crew, American Tourister for $39. So he had to buy another bag to put more of our baggage because we had to go shopping. We were in Boston. So he had to buy another suitcase to get more baggage home. So I'm just, I guess I'm collecting baggage. I don't know. So, but today we're going to talk about how to get rid of baggage. Sound good? 1 Samuel 10 verse 22 says that uh, King, it was, that was King Saul's ordination. And it says in that verse that they were trying to find Saul and they could not find him because he was hiding behind his own baggage. But I, I want to let you know this morning that somebody is waiting on the other side of your obedience. Wow, that's a sobering thought. Because you know what? What are we here for? We are here to serve humanity. You know, all a job is, it's a, a job, our profession, our careers. What that is, is it's us doing something in life that helps someone else solve a problem. Whatever it is, if you're teaching, if you're uh, picking up garbage, if you're doing brain surgery, if you are an engineer... Uh, an architect help you're solving somebody needs a house so you're drawing up plans so that somebody can build a house you're solving problems you're helping humanity whatever your job is and so the thing is is so many of us just choose a career instead of going to God and asking him what have you called me to do because when we focus on our purpose that's a huge part 
in the first key that I'm going to talk to you about this morning about how to overcome your baggage. When we get our eyes off of our baggage and onto him, because the Bible says to press toward the prize of the high calling, amen, of Christ. And that when we press toward that prize, like when a marathon runner is presses, running, running, running toward the finish line, pressing toward the prize, they're not thinking about, you know, they're, they're light. They've already thrown off the weights that so easily beset them, like the scripture says. They get, I mean, my boys play soccer, and even their soccer boots, they're like, but mom, the $300 pair is .0007 something, not, I don't even know, something lighter. Uh, what is it? Grams or something. You know, so that way I can run faster. That way I'm going to score. I'm a striker. I have to be fast. I have to get to the ball. So they're like runners and sports. They, they try to get the lightest weight of things so that they can run faster, so they can run toward the prize, so they can win. And we're all trying to win at life, right? Nobody's sitting out there going, gosh, I wonder what I can do next so that I can lose a little bit more. No, we all want to win. We all want to go toward the prize. But we got all this baggage that's like, you know, we're trying to carry around to get where we're going. And it just kind of trips us up. Anybody with me? So a key to overcoming it is getting our eyes off the baggage, getting our eyes off the loss, getting our eyes off the secrets, the guilt, the issues, the addiction. I could stand up here today and I could talk to you about how to overcome addiction and, and, and the ins and outs of unforgiveness and, and, and learning all of that. But you know what? I just, when I prayed about it, that's kind of more my, I love like counseling and I love getting into the nitty gritty about things like that. But the, but the Holy Spirit, I feel like, just kind of arrested me and said, no, let's talk about this from a higher place. Because the higher place, when you're up on a hill, you have an advantage against the enemy, right? And so let's get up on a hill this morning and let's talk about how to overcome baggage by getting our eyes on him instead of on our junk. Amen? When we focus on our purpose, we, when we focus on who God has called us to be and who he, who he has made us to be, and what we do have in our character, what we do have in our, in our personality, what we do have in who we are, instead of what we don't have. Come on, somebody. When we look at what we do have and we're thankful for what we do have in Christ, then we're a lot more confident to go out and be who he has called us to be, right? But when we're always focused on what we don't have and our not-enoughness, then that paralyzes us, and it causes us to want to hide. Am I, am I the only one in here that this applies to? I don't think so. Amen. So, but make no mistake, when you do step up to that day like Saul did, he stepped, he, it was the day of his ordination. And when you step up and get ready to really, like, do this for Jesus, make no mistake, every devil in hell is going to start sweating and going to start devising a plan against you. And he's going to start influencing the people you love the most to walk out of your life or to put you down or to make it hard for you to keep going. So be aware that in those moments, that is not the time to hide. It's the time 
to rise up and be resolute and say, you know what? All that, be it as it may, but I'm going to break through the barriers of my baggage and I'm going to go for his purpose for me anyway. Amen? Who is with me and ready to do that? Praise God. So here is the next thing. It's all, it all goes back to family. <laughs> and I'm not going to sit here and go back to our childhood and blame our parents for everything this morning so you can relax, especially if you're a parent. <laughs> but um, it's not about that. But I just want you to know that to God, it has always been about family. It has always been about family to God. That is why it is okay with God. It's not okay with God, but it's worth it to him to put up with all the evil in the world just so that he can have humanity, just so that he can have a family. Wow, think about that. That is powerful. That is powerful. You know, Genesis 11 verse 4 says this. It says, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. So you know the story of, of Babylon they, the ta- they, when they built the Tower of Babel, right? What, the, what was going on is they decided that it was no longer about the name of God, but it was about building a name for themselves. And, you know, it wasn't about being a part of the family of God and, and, and having his name. It's about their own name. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it is not about your name. We tell our kids, it's not about being a coolie. It's about being a Christian. And so here's what I want us to think about. We are called to bear his name. We are called to represent his family. And guess what is so cool about that? If you're part of a big name in Mobile... My kids went to a certain private school in town when they were really little. And certain big names of Mobile got the best teachers in the class. Okay, and if you were a big name in Mobile, I could name a few and you would know the names. And uh, then like, because there's just, those, there, there's privilege that comes sometimes depending on what your last name is. Would you agree in this world? It's just how the world is. It's just the world we live in, Right. And, and sometimes it was kind of the joke in this school, oh, we didn't get that teacher. We don't have the right name. But it's just, you know, that's just kind of a funny little illustration. But here's the deal, guys. We have the right name. We have the name that is above every name. And the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess to Jesus as Lord, as one, day, one way or another, every knee will bow. And guess what? Here's how to overcome baggage. You walk in the power of the name of Jesus. And when you do that, sickness dissipates. And when you do that, addiction just falls off of you. Because you, and you uh, command by the name of Jesus, there is so much power in that name. We just have to, we just have to um, access that power. And I was thinking about it this morning. You know, I, I was running a little behind. Shocker. So I didn't get to wash my hair. 
and it's a little rainy and, and, uh, or humid out, which for most people is a disaster for hair, but my hair does great when it's dirty and rainy. I'm a little lucky. See, isn't it pretty? So, you know, I had a good hair day this morning. Last time I was up here, it was a ter- I was like, oh, my hair is just, you know, none of you probably noticed it then or today. But to me, you know, girls, you know, you're with me. But guess why my hair looks so great this morning? It's, it's not just because I didn't wash it and it's dirty and it does great when it's dirty. And it's not just because of the rain outside, but really what really put it over and just made it like these beautiful curls is my curling iron that my lovely husband bought me that is like more expensive than any curling iron should ever cost, which I thought he was crazy for getting it. It was 75% off and his hairstylist at the fancy salon he goes to, I go to Supercuts, he goes to the fancy salon. Go figure. It's just our world we live in. But, uh, but anyway, so, but he comes home with this crazy, I'm thinking I could have gotten 10 outfits for the cost of that curling iron. But he was right, once again, like he always is. Um, and it is amazing. Look, look what it did. It's awesome. But you know what? That curling iron would have done me no good had I not plugged it in this morning. And you know what? The name of Jesus does us no good unless we get connected and we use that name. Amen? So most of us walk around with nappy hair, so to speak, in the spirit. That's what we say in the backwoods of Mississippi where I'm from, where I come from. But, uh, yeah, cornbread. Did that song just go in your head? Yeah, sorry. Baggage, country music, that's part of my baggage. Um, Where was I? Jesus, come back. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so, but here's the thing. When we honor God's name, we automatically honor our own name. And when our kids honor God's name, they'll honor your name. Amen? And so, but here's the thing. In that time in Babylon, when they, that word Babylon means chaos. Who's got a little bit of chaos in their life right now that you want to get rid of? You know what? The name of Jesus and walking in the authority of that name will reverse chaos in our lives. That is good news for me. I need to like tap into that myself. Don't we all? Our mission, the great commission that we are all commanded to fulfill in Scripture in Mark 16, is all about reversing that chaos in the world, reversing um, that anti-Eden spirit, which is the, that Babylonian spirit, which says, I don't need God anymore. We're going to make a name for ourselves. And listen, that uh, system of Babylon is alive and well today. Have you noticed? It is alive and well. I'm telling you, my kids are... Uh, 17 and 21, and so they are, in, they are getting highly educated as we speak, and, and I'm telling you, it's great, and we are so thankful. I just want to put this out there first. We are so thankful for Christian teachers. If you are a Christian teacher in this room, would you please raise your hand and let us just know who you are so we can pray for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being out there. You are making a difference because... The other teachers that my kids have been exposed to are pushing atheism down their throats. 
Not all of them. Thank God for the Christian teachers that are out there that are doing an amazing job and shining their light in that dark, dark world, those dark hallways of our public high schools. But I'm telling you, it is a fight for our teenagers, for this generation, because there is a spirit of Babylon in this world present today that is trying to say, we do not need the name of God. All we need is science and knowledge. And that is not true. So my hat is so off to you teachers out there that are teaching from the place of creation, that are teaching from the place of Scripture, and, 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 and hopefully making at least making a difference in, in that uh, Babylonian world of, of just pure, you know, being all about science and knowledge. Because guess what? That system does not work. In that system, we'll be judged. That system will fail. But praise God for God's kingdom that we are called to have a per- fulfill our purpose in bringing that kingdom, God's way of doing things, into play today. Amen? That's going to reverse that chaos. Who wants to join me today in fulfilling your purpose, making it all about family, realizing that it is about whose family we are part of and that we can make a difference and that our baggage doesn't have to hold us back, that we don't have to hide behind our baggage, but we can let that stuff go and we can look to our creator who can, who can reverse all of that. Amen. So the second key to overcoming your baggage that we've just been talking about is focus on the family. Wouldn't that be a great name for a great ministry? (laughs) Somebody already thought about that, huh? But you know what? We need to focus on the family. What does that look like? Focusing on the family here in your home, but also here at this house. It means giving, right? When you're at home, you're giving to each other. I'm giving a lot to my boys. <laughs> it's constantly, especially when dad's not looking. They come to me. You want to know a little funny thing in our house? Kevin won't let me be, I, I can't access their checking accounts because he knows if I can, then I'll constantly be transferring money from ours to theirs. And so I'm banned. I can't. So then they, when dad's gone, he's, they're like, hey, mom, you got any cash? So we kind of have a little black market thing going in our our house. We're like, and so when dad's gone, they know who to come to for money. And uh, I've just had some cash lately, so they've been a little extra happy. But uh, anyway, but it's about giving, giving to each other. But then also sometimes them giving, like wash the dishes, buddy. Remember? (laughs) That quickly can become manipulation. See how baggage just crops right up out of nowhere constantly. But um. But anyway, but serving each other, serving. In this house, there's giving, there's serving, joining a team, getting part of a, of a small group, getting involved. You know, it's even a value of our church, family. We, you see it on the T-shirts that says, join the fun, join the family. Because when you do family right, it's fun. Isn't that right? When you do family right, it's fun. The only reason that there ever has been baggage is because somewhere back in our family line, somebody in our family decided, 
maybe way back there, maybe a few generations back, maybe the last generation, maybe even us, but somewhere back there, somebody decided to make it more about their name than his name. And that's why there's baggage. There's been baggage ever since the fall of man in Eden. And that's why that Babylonian, that, that word means chaos. There's been chaos ever since the fall of man. But all the way back to the garden, it was Adam and Eve. It was about family. And so how do we reinstate this? How do, how do we do this great reversal that I keep talking about? Romans 5, 8 is how. Listen to this. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love. And do you know what? The only real love that there is, is love that is demonstrated. We've all heard it said a million times that love is a verb. Well, you know what? That's true. Love is a verb. And the only real love is demonstrated love. So when we focus on demonstrating love, then we will come out from behind our baggage. We'll press into our purpose and we will uh, live in healthy families. Does that make sense? So I have a question for you. Why is rejection our greatest fear? Why? It's because we were created for family. It's what I've said like maybe a dozen times so far this morning. I hope if you just leave here with one thing, it's that it's always been about family. We were created for family. Why is rejection our number one fear? Because we need connection. We have this innate uh, need for connection. We need connection and family as much as we need our very next breath. And when we don't have it, we're like, ah, right? Think about it. You're only as happy, generally, as your least happy relationship. Boom, shakalaka. That's that little emoji. Boom. Fire. Tweet that. No, seriously, we are, we are only as happy as our least happy relationship because we must have connection. And when connection is broken, when connection is lost, there's sadness. It's okay. We're human. It's very human of us, okay? But there is a solution, and the solution is love, demonstrating love. Okay, what is, what, what is that? Well, here's what it is. Here's what happens. We get a little close. Maybe you join a small group. Maybe you get involved in the church. Maybe you get really closer to me than you really knew you wanted to get. Because then I'm kind of a strong, I think I said this last weekend when, when Pastor Kevin and I, I'm not your pink and pretty pastor's wife. I'm more like red and black and bam. And I'm like a leader. I'm just, I'm really not rosy and I try as hard as I try to be. But I'm just, you know, I, you know, Jesus also like, went in with a whip and ran all the money changers out of the church, and, and I can sometimes kind of be like that. <laughs> but Jesus, I'm like Jesus too, like that, right? Or maybe that's just my baggage. But anyway, either way, I'm working on it because guess what? The side of the building 
also applies to me, and it applies to you. And when we get close to each other, what I'm saying is one way or other, we're probably going to rub each other the wrong way. You're going to let me down. I'm going to let you down. It's called humanity, right? And so then we get a little close, and especially in the church. Oh, church hurt. (laughs) Nobody in this room has been more church hurt than me. I promise. It happened in between services today. But, wah, get over it. Stop hiding behind your baggage. Climb up over that baggage. Stand on that baggage and say, I don't care. I will love them anyway. Amen? Woo, glory. Because you just got to. This, you, only the strong survive. That, that song is right. Only the strong survive, guys. So anyway, here's what happens. Back to kind of where, where we were there. You get close. You get vulnerable. You open your heart a little, right? Then you get hurt. And then you say, man, she was telling us to get in a small group, to join a team, to go to the next steps, to get involved at church and, 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 and get close to our family and you know, so you try to maybe make reconciliation with somebody in your family or a friend or, or something or get involved. And then you, you open up a little bit and then you get hurt. Then what happens? You pull back and you know what you do? You reject before you get rejected. And you say God was leading you to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Wrong answer. You know, it's easier to just leave. It's easier to just walk out on a relationship than to go and have a hard conversation. But you know what, guys? Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to be so vulnerable. Vulnerability is the thing because vulnerability is scary, especially with baggage, right? But, guys, I want to encourage you today, and I want this to be like a message of hope to you, that you can be vulnerable. Jesus showed us the way. He hung naked on a cross so that he could have a family. So surely that person you're upset with is at least worth a difficult conversation and putting yourself out there a little bit. You're not hanging naked on a cross. You're just, you know, coming to them And as we say in our house, leaving it all on the field. We're a very sports family, and we're all about leaving it all on the field. Don't just do the easy thing and walk away, because you know what you're going to do if that happens? If you just keep walking away, you just pick, that next time you pick up more baggage, and then more baggage, and then you look like a pack mule, and you're going to like, when you're 80, you're going to walk around like this, because you just got, you you just go from from hurt after hurt, Baggage, more baggage. But when you get, like, really resolute and all about aiming toward your purpose, because I'm telling you, you have no idea how many times we're in that back room before coming out here. I, like I said, I used to barrel race. And so right, right, like 30 minutes before the race, what I did was so important. And about 10 minutes before, I was back in the back. I'm on my horse. I had a little ritual that I did. And we, like, jumped around. He was one of those kind of horses. Man, I mean, he just, he had a lot of alfalfa. He was, like, half crazy. And, and so, and it was awesome. My horse also did good in the rain. I just thought about that. 
If it rained, I was winning. I was taking all the money home that night. For real, that's cool. My hair was looking good under that hat and my horses. That I guess I was just built for rain. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> Beth said, we were talking about this back uh, there before service. She said, well, maybe it's like God said, you know what? I'm going to ask you to do some hard stuff in the rain and such, but... Uh, and live in like humid climates. We were in Calcutta, India, and now here. But I'm going to give you some good hair to go along with it. So, <laughs> thank you, Lord. See, there's always something to be thankful for. Be thankful for what you do have, because there's always going to be where I was going with that is in that back room where there there's temptation that just gets on you that says you can't do this, or there's baggage. I'll be real authentic with you. That last song we sang, I have a love-hate relationship with that song. That was my mom's dying song at her funeral. I, and then I, I'm sitting over there, I'm like, ah, that song. And then I got to get up there and talk about baggage. I could have hid behind the baggage of the loss of my mother, or I could get up here and stomp on the devil's feet and say, no, you're not going to get me all upset and unwound. I'm going to still give the word that the Lord put in my heart to give. So whatever your baggage is, whatever your baggage is, you can overcome it by a choice to trust him anyway. Amen? So back to when you're like getting close and then you back off and you reject before you get rejected. What that is, is it's fear. It's fear. But the Bible says, there's good news this morning, perfect love cast out all fear. So if you want your relationships to work, don't think the worst of each other. Think the best of each other. When you don't understand, did you know that most separations, most strife, most offense is just simply due to misunderstanding. And if you would just be brave instead of cowardly, and if you would just come together, come together. I wish I could sing like my husband does. Yes, thank you. Somebody finished it for me. Um, but guess what? Love never fails. Perfect love casts out fear. And when you yield to love in those moments, you'll come together instead of apart. So I pray that that is our choice this morning, to yield to love, to go after our purpose, to realize really what our family name is, and it is Jesus. And, and I want to, uh, I'm just so excited. I believe that because I'm going to love you right now, and I'm going to believe the best about you, and I'm going to believe that I'm going to hear testimonies from you. I believe that in the next few weeks, that God is going to bring this message back up in your quiet time with him. That he's going to help you navigate walking through some baggage, throwing off some baggage, stepping up on top of some baggage, climbing up to the top of the pile of baggage, and overcoming and going after his purpose for your life. Amen? That is what I believe about you. So if you are in this room today and you want to meet love himself. Maybe you have just been hiding behind your baggage. I would like to just ask everybody at this time to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just, I just want to just ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you up front, but raise your hand if you 
uh, just want to meet love himself and connect with love himself today. Maybe you need to overcome some baggage. You need God. I see that hand. Awesome. Anybody else? I see that hand. One, two, three, four, five, six. Wow. Seven. Praise God. Eight. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just, a, just, just have that one brave act of faith of raising your hand. Awesome. Nine. Praise God. Praise God. I pray. I'm gonna, let's pray for these right now. Father, I pray that you just come right among all of their baggage and that you bust it all out, that you just break it off of them. In the, in the name of Jesus today, I pray that you help them navigate their way onto the other side of this baggage. And I pray, Father, that right now that they would uh, come to know you in a real way. Lord, I pray that, that, um, that you would become the very, the very chief officer in their heart. That you would become Lord and, and reign in their hearts over every part. Every part. That part too. And that part too. Ha <laughs> ha. Lord, I just pray that for each one of these that they will surrender their entire lives to you. If you'll just repeat this after me, say, Dear Lord, come into my heart. Reign and rule. I lay my life down. And from this point on, it's your will, not mine. I trust you in the middle of my baggage. And I ask you, to help break it off of me. I purpose to live a life that glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you are one of those nine, yes, let's give them a hand. Praise God. That is what it's all about.